Christine Robertson is a partner and leader for marketing and sales at PwC Canada. She says it's been more like a jungle gym than a straight path to get her to where she is today. Where uh, I've taken many different moves within my career and it's really just led me to this place I am today. And I'd say I've really just kept myself open to looking, you know, to new opportunities that come about and really just tried to look for where am I going to be challenged? I always like to be learning new things. Where do I feel like I'm making an impact and making a difference? And, you know, through the combination of those things, you know, looked at new opportunities and taken them. Thinking she might want to get into marketing, Christine started her career as a sales rep for a wine and spirits company. Then she decided she wanted to get into the tech world. And over the years, she served in a variety of roles within the tech industry. I could never have prescribed to you what my where I would be today. I mean, technology, you know, business and technology have changed so much since I graduated from university that I couldn't have mapped it out even if I'd wanted to. So I think that's why it's also been important to me to keep my vision open. Like no, like you said, know what motivates you, know what you're good at, uh, be willing to get uncomfortable and take a chance on things, and know that. You know, there is no right or wrong in a move that you might take because you're going to learn from it. Christine took on a global role at PwC while leading a major transformation among all firms across 185 countries, about 236,000 people. With all of this on her plate, Christine talks work-life balance. First off, I need to know for myself, you know, when I look at the triangle of what keeps you healthy, sleep, diet, exercise... You know, I need to keep those three things in focus. Yes, sometimes things get crazy and I have to give up one of those things. And so I'm constantly figuring out like, okay, how do I make sure I get back to making sure that I'm eating healthy and exercising enough and all of those things. It's easy for me and other parents that I talk to that you give up the things that were for yourself uh, first. So we put everything into work, we put everything into our families, and then we don't aren't leaving enough time for ourselves. So it's really important. I can't be my best self for my family or at work if you don't have some of those things for yourself built in. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Christine explains the difference between the oft-confused mentorship and sponsorship. She talks parenting, and she has some tips on achieving success in male-dominated businesses. Christine Robertson on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. Today we're in Toronto where I'm speaking with Christine Robertson who is a partner and the leader for marketing and sales at PwC Canada. Christine, thank you so much for joining me for an episode of Run It Like a Girl. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this. Well, I'm thrilled that you're part of it because uh, I've had the opportunity to work with you for the last few years and I have to tell you that I just think you're going to be such a huge inspiration to the people that listen to our podcast. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> so let's just start. How about, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, um, what your career journey has been, and what's led you to become uh, the leader here at PwC of Marketing and Sales? Well, I wish I could say it had been like an intentional path that I had gone down, but it's more been more like a jungle gym where uh, I've taken many different moves within my career and it's really just led me to this place I am today. And I'd say I've really just kept myself open to looking, you know, to new opportunities that come about and really just tried to look for where am I going to be challenged? I always like to be learning new things. Where do I feel like I'm making an impact and making a difference? And, you know, through the combination of those things, 
you know, looked at new opportunities and taken them. So I've had a variety of different roles in my career from starting out as a sales rep for a wine and spirits company and thinking I wanted to go into marketing at the time to then saying, Hey, you know, I actually want to go into tech and always be learning something new. So I did a variety of roles with an IT from desktop computer training, managing a help desk, being a business analyst and project manager. And that led me to when I moved from Calgary to Toronto with my family, ended up going back into the workforce after having my two daughters to finding one of those great roles where I was helping to build the marketing and sales strategy, had some experience in both, and then enabling the technology to drive that strategy. And that through that experience, doing some consulting, you know, bringing about those types of transformations to align the tech to, to drive the strategy led me back here to PwC. Uh, and, uh, you know, the journey has been, I mean, I rely on that experience I've had in all those different turns through the jungle gym uh, to where I am today. I love that. I love I love looking at the careers of jungle gym too, right? Because I think so often people think it's just a straight shoot to the top. But really, it's about trying a variety of things to find out where your passions are, what you're good at, and where you want to make your impact. Absolutely. And as well, I could never have prescribed to you what my, where I would be today. I mean, technology, you know, business and technology have changed so much since I graduated from university that I couldn't have mapped it out even if I'd wanted to. So I think that's why it's also been important to me to keep my vision open. Like, no, like you said, know what motivates you, know what you're good at, uh, be willing to get uncomfortable and take a chance on things and know that, you know, there is no right or wrong in a move that you might take because you're going to learn from it. So, Christine, so you're a partner at PwC, uh, which is PricewaterhouseCoopers. I'd love to know what it, what is a partner? What what do you, what do you do? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so, a partner is so really our firm. We're a professional services firm, and our partners are really the owners of the business. So, versus a corporate culture where you've got shareholders uh, and you know publicly owned or. Um, we're really owned by the partners. So coming into the partnership, you are really becoming an owner of the, of the organization. And we have partners across different lines of service. So our tax assurance and consulting and deals lines of service. And I happen to be in the internal firm services as I'm leading our marketing and sales, uh, function here, but I also am working with our consulting team and looking at other ways that I can be helping to bring what we do here out to help our clients. So you talk a little bit about your work in transformation. When you came to PwC, that was right at the beginning of a huge transformation for for the marketing and communications teams here. I would love to know your opinion. So has coming into an organization, a large organization, how do you drive a transformation while getting your team to embrace change? Because change is hard for people and people often resist it or they don't want to move forward. So how do you keep the morale up and get people on side with what the vision is? So yeah, change is hard, right? And I know I've been there myself where sometimes I've been put in a position where I'm asked to make a change and it's hard to change your habits and change a direction if you're not bought into it. So I think you know, approaching that, you know, just like I did coming in here to PABC as I have in the past, first of all, it's you need to build relationships with people and you need to listen. So you need to do a lot of investigation into, you need to recognize not everybody's the same. They don't have the same motivation. So I need to understand, you know, here are all the different, like get that 360 view of what's happening. And as you put together the plan, look for how you can make people feel like they're a part of it 
and the messaging to them is different. So when you do have that big vision, here's the vision, everybody get on the bus and let's go. They see their role in it and they're excited about it. They feel like they've been heard. They feel like they've been part of it. And also, I mean, not everybody's going to make the journey. Some people, you know, they, that's not the direction they want to go. They're not going to that same destination and that's okay. Right. So there's going to be some change as we go through. And the other is just to be really transparent. So, you know, you know, as we go and we iterate and we learn and being transparent around, you know, this is what we're trying to do. Um, if things, you know, if things, you know, Hey, we need to make a change, uh, you know, that didn't go perfectly being willing to say, Hey, that's great. That didn't go perfectly, but we're going to make this change and that feel like you're really listening to people. Right. So people feel like they have a voice. They're at least being heard. They're not yeah. being, they're being brought into something. It's not being done to them They're and that they are part of it. And then that also, that transparency lets people feel like they can come and tell you when something isn't going well or when it is going well and lets you make adjustments because you can't make that impact or implement that change if you don't have people wanting to come along in that journey with you. Right. So um, in addition to your role here at POC Canada, not that long after you began here, you took on a, a larger role and a global role around a transformation from across all of our firms, which is 155 countries in the network. 158 countries it's, in the network, 236,000 people. So that's, that's it's huge. Big. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd love your thoughts. So, you know, here in Canada, we like to think of ourselves as a pretty progressive nation, but even in Canada for women, there are barriers that we have to kind of figure out how to get around or get sponsors or get people on our side in order to have the largest impact that we can have. I'm wondering if as a woman leading a global transformation, did that play into it at all? Was there, do you think there was any, um, do you think it presented any challenges that might not have been there if you were not a woman? And if it did, how did you kind of bring everyone along? So great question. I think that, you know, moving into the global role, which again, I had the fortune to do because of what we've done here in Canada. So because of the success we'd had here and talking to the person who was uh, the sponsor for the global project, he you know, said, hey, we need someone like Christine to join and to help us implement this, having done a sales transformation before. And so I think a couple of things that help really is having those key sponsors who put you in a role to succeed and are there to support you, which I was lucky to have here in Canada as well as on the global project. And I would say that I, you know, I also have worked in very male dominated uh, environments. So coming from, you know, from both being from sales marketing and from in it in being in tech for some time. And so I don't really, I think maybe that's also just having the confidence that my role is important. I have the experience. You've got the confidence, ask the questions that need to be asked and going into our global network. I mean, diversity inclusion, you know, he for she are, you know, it's part of our core values and looking at uh, where we across the globe, where we as part of our, is again just part of our culture globally where we you know are investing in that that I've found that it's been embraced in the different territories I've been working in and they've welcomed you know the many of the different territories have welcomed me to come and speak at some of their events and have a key role and so and sometimes you know even if initially my voice might not have been I think it was more that you know, when I first started out as a director rather than a partner so that I think made a difference too it's just but once you have shown your value and established that credibility, it, it's been embraced. Okay. So what I'm hearing is understanding your own worth. Yes. Knowing where your expertise is. Yes. Not being afraid to talk about your value. Absolutely. And bringing what you have to the table. 
Absolutely. I think, you know, not waiting for somebody to hand it to you. Uh, you're demonstrating the value. You move forward with confidence, knowing your own worth, working with your allies and peers and demonstrating the success is definitely, um, you know, been what's worked for me. So you mentioned sponsorship there. Um, I'd love, I'd love your thoughts about sponsorship and mentorship, why it's important and, uh, the impact it's had on your own career. And then on the flip side of that, as now someone in a leadership position, um, what does it mean to you to be a mentor? So again, great question. And I know from being part of our women in leadership program that you, uh, have, you know, experience with and looking at the difference between mentorship and sponsorship, but maybe for those listening who may not have, uh, you know, heard of this distinction before, if you think of, you know, a professional athlete or someone who's aspiring, you know, they're an amateur athlete and wanting to move ahead, you know, a mentor might be another athlete who would say to them, you know, here's, uh, you know, some great, you know, advice being someone who's been in your shoes before, which is also, which is always very helpful. Uh, but they aren't necessarily giving up anything personally, like their own personal credibility isn't really on the line. They're not, um, necessarily invested in that way other than giving you some of their time. Whereas someone who might be like a financial supporter or some kind of a behind the scenes person who's really like, I'm personally investing and putting my, either my money, my time, you know, I'm, you know, risk, I've got some risk in the game into supporting you. So that's the difference between mentor and a sponsor. So when you're looking for a sponsor in your career, it's someone who, you know, you're ready for that next move in the organization, whether there's a role open or otherwise, uh, you know, a mentor might be giving you coaching advice. Hey, go have this interview, go have this meeting, talk to this person, or here, I'll look at your resume, which is all very helpful. But a sponsor is the one who's really at the table saying, you know what, we should really consider Bonnie for that role. She's got this experience. We should definitely put her in front, uh, you know, to be considered and have those next conversations. So I'm speaking out, I'm using my own, uh, credibility and my own, um, you know, relationship and, and, uh, I don't know, capital, so to speak to, uh, create room for the person I'm sponsoring. So you believe in them so much that you're willing to say, I'm willing to put my reputation on the line a little bit to help this person get ahead because they are right for this role. They are ready. Exactly. So they're at the front with you versus just being in behind. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. Um, so I'd love also, in addition to having a very busy, professional life. You're also a mom and you have two daughters. I do. And, uh, and so you have a family. I would love to know for someone, um, that is as busy as you, what does work life balance look like? And how are you ensuring that, uh, that you get the, the life that you want? This is also another interesting topic, uh, because, you know, when we talk about work-life balance, I'm one of those that would say it's not necessarily a balance. It's more of a juggling <laughs> act, uh, because you're constantly having to make adjustments to get the balance that you need. And I think this is something that's true for everybody. Uh, but when you're talking to other parents and especially to moms who tend to have that, you know, we've been the often the initial primary caregiver, uh, and, you know, also dealing with, you know, some of the expectations and things that are out there, you're constantly kind of, you know, juggling to figure out what's right and, and where do I need to focus and trying not to feel guilty about, am I, you know, if I lean over here, I'm not doing as well over here. If I'm leaning over there, I'm not doing as well back over there. And so it's, it's a constant rebalancing. And what I would say that has helped me is first off, I need to know for myself, you know, when I look at the triangle of what keeps you healthy, sleep, 
diet, exercise, you know, I need to keep those three things in focus. Yes, sometimes things get crazy and I have to give up one of those things. And so I'm constantly figuring out like, okay, how do I make sure I get back to making sure that I'm eating healthy and exercising enough and all of those things. And when I, when it comes to the time with your family, uh, you know, or whatever other personal things you may have and get, you know, have involved again, I think sometimes it's easy for me and other parents that I talk to that you give up the things that were for yourself, uh, first. So we put everything into work, we put everything into our families, and then we don't, aren't leaving enough time for ourselves. So it's really important. I can't be my best self for my family or at work if you don't have some of those things for yourself built in to keep that, as I said, that triangle. And so, you know, a couple of things that, that have, have worked, I, you know, looking at the things that have to get done versus are just my nice to have. Like, what can I let go of? Does everything need to be perfect? Like, you know, does the house need to be clean spotless every night or can I let go of some of that stuff? Um, you know, looking at what can I do to make it easier? Uh, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, outsource as much as you can. Not everybody can afford to do that. So I, again, I think it's looking at what are the responsibilities. And as my kids have gotten older, they've been able to take more things on in terms of chores around the house or, We've been able to do carpooling and things like that to help out with their activities. And as I said, I've had to let go of some of the things about being <laughs> being perfect and looking for ways for me to then spend time with them. So whereas I might not be as physically, because they're now uh, you know preteen and teenage, so for me now it's more about making sure that I'm connected and spending time with them. So where does it matter um, for me to be involved in making sure I'm showing up to their key important events, making sure even if I'm traveling that we're connecting via uh, texting or hangouts, like, or sorry, I should hangout is what we do at work, FaceTime, <laughs> uh, so that I'm making sure I'm connected in with their life and what's going on and there to talk with them because at their age that's what's super important. And as I said, it's just a constant, um, you know, checking in with them and making sure that I'm not, you know, making sure that I'm making time for them, but then still having time for myself. So I really can be present when I'm with them. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I think that's, uh, I think that's a great approach. It's all, it's really is about prioritizing and, uh, understanding what the cannot misses are yes. like, and, and what you can and what you can let go of. Um, what a great role model. I mean, for your, for your girls to look up to. And, and to see a woman with a, a strong career, successful in family and career, um, I think that that's something to aspire to. I know I get I get mom's guilt all the time. I don't live in Toronto. I have a two-hour commute. You know, I spend four hours on the train every time I come here, um, and I and sometimes think. But in the back of my mind, I I believe that when my boys are older, they're going to look back. They're going to see a mom that um, made a difference in society, that had a career, and that was there for them. Absolutely, and I think it's one of those things that comes out, you know, gradually as they get older. And while my teenager, sometimes she's still, you know, you were away for a few days. So now I'm going to kind of give you the silent treatment. <laughs> they want, they want, she wanted me to be around, you know, on the other hand, you know, we went for a walk the other night and she, which is often when you hear, when you really get them talking, it's either in the car or going for a walk or something. And she said she was in a conversation with one of her friends who said, why does your mom even work? Your dad makes enough money that she wouldn't need to work. And so my daughter apparently let her, you know, let her have it saying, you know, there are many reasons of motive. Like women don't just work because they're married to someone. It's, you know, there may be other aspirations and things. She's like, my mom likes to work. And what if something happened and she needed to be able to take care, you know, so she was really trying to affirm, like, it might just be that 
my mom likes to have her career mm-hmm. and uh, that that's okay. So it was just kind of interesting how she got, you know, super defensive of that and the, um, you know, two teenage girls talking. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool of her, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because you do hear that. Like, oh, we don't really have to work, so why would you? Or why isn't the, the mom still staying home? And, um, you know, you just have to make it work because we made it work 40, 50 years ago or whatever. But it's not just about bringing money home. It's about sense of accomplishment. That's right. Contributing back to society. And uh, I love that she said that. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd love to ask you this uh, question. Um, if you were suddenly, if I snap my fingers and you are transported back and you're sitting across from a 20-year-old version of you, what kind of advice would you give yourself? What would the conversation look like? Hmm. My 20-year-old self was still not sure what she wanted to do, right? Cause this is when I was third year university and I would say for, you know, not to be stressed out about where you're going to end up right? to, you know, again, know that you will figure it out. You don't have to have everything mapped out. Just, you know, try something, invest in something. As I said earlier, know your own worth and, and that things will work out as they're meant to. And I would also tell that uh, girl to, you know, not feel like she had to grow up so fast. Like, you know, back when I was, you know, that age and, um, you know, I think I had quite an old soul. And so I was like getting into work, getting a mortgage, getting things going, right. And like, go travel the world. Like you're young, have fun. You know, you can, you can do all those, uh, all those things at the same time as, you know, having a life and just figuring out who you, who you are. And, uh, I could have been, you know, maybe embracing that. I'm not that I, I mean, I've certainly had a lot of my fill of travel in the last two years on my global project, but you know, just to, uh, not grow up so fast, like to, uh, know your worth and, uh, and enjoy life a little more. Great. Yeah. Well, Christine, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It's been absolutely incredible. And uh, yes, we're very excited to have you for an episode. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Bonnie. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl... Trish Tonai is an author, emotional intelligence coach, and speaker. Her latest book, Breaking Barriers, features the stories of 10 female entrepreneurs who've reached success in their respective business ventures. Trish herself started on the sales floor of a major department store, but has reinvented herself three times in her 25 years as an entrepreneur. Trish Tonai, on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.